0: So anytime okay. now, yeah, we're live. And we're ladies alive. and gentlemen, Koniko. <laughs> <laughs> this is really exciting for waiting? me. Yeah, greetings from Singapore. And where are you exactly right now? Tell us uh, where you're residing in and uh, what's been happening for the past one week. Give us an update.
1: Greetings from Southern California, from my parents' homestead in Tustin, California. Um, I have been... Down in Orange County with my parents for the last two months. I live normally up in Burbank, California, but uh, during the lockdown, I've been down here and I've been the designated grocery shopper. Uh, That has been my my number one primary job during this quarantining.
0: That's really exciting. (laughs) And of (laughs) course, uh, you know, uh, the world has gone weird, right, especially the past seven days. So, uh, so weird. tell us exactly what's the latest update and what's the latest, uh, you know, happenings that you've been observing uh, around your neighborhood.
1: It, it is just, it's been just devastating with the COVID 19, the lockdown, everybody being in quarantine and, and not really getting out and being able to express themselves or communicate with people as they normally would have, and then. Ten days ago, the tragic death of George Floyd has just it's 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 such a tipping point for our country. Yeah. So there's just, you know, marches all over everybody. There's just such deep sadness and and and, and an, an amazing amount of camaraderie across the races. It's cuz this is really not this is about black lives matter and there are a lot of asian, white, all races are coming together to say out loud that black lives matter. And it's um it's a strange time and and we have to see change happen cuz this is it feels you know it's weird with the covid and and being locked down and having so much change happen so quickly it it feels like this is the revolution you know this is a revolution
0: i think you knew how was it, it, yeah.
1: it in singapore do, do you see marches there how are how are the people expressing themselves cuz i know this is international
0: yeah, In fact, I think they have marches uh, all over the world Paris, London uh, I think New Zealand is going to have one this weekend Australia as well Singapore, I haven't heard of anything yet But I think it's just a matter of time Normally it takes time, uh, slightly longer For things to really get going in Singapore But, uh, you know, I'm seeing more and more um, Hashtag Black Lives Matter Or Justice for George Floyd Popping up on my news feed from my Singaporean friends So uh, we're getting more aware, definitely We're more observant as well So we're definitely, you know Gonna also join uh, in terms of uh you know, doing uh, peaceful protesting together, I think with the uh, rest of the world, I think unity is strength, right? And it's, it's the best time to show solidarity during this uh, this crisis as well. So I think um, this is a great time for me to also maybe segue into uh, telling you know our audience uh, of the CMO Asia podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. Most of our listeners are all over the world and uh, many of them are CMOs and CEOs, uh, you know, 80% of them are actually in Asia. And uh, long-time listeners, they know that uh, we usually get like a senior marketing leader, CMO, CEOs, entrepreneurs. But this week, you know, because of Black Lives Matter, the CMO Mm -hmm, Asia mm -hmm. podcast, we're using this live stream and podcasting feed uh, to signal boost, you know, uh, social justice content creators like you. And uh, our podcast believe that uh, Black Lives really matter and we will continue to amplify voices that are so often silenced. And I reached out to you, uh, Connie, on uh, LinkedIn uh, a couple of days back, and yep. uh, how I actually found you right? I think a little bit of backstory. I use the hashtag podcast blackout. I was so interested to find out, you know, which other podcasters out there are also, you know, joining in this movement. So I ask you yeah. and I DM you and ask you whether you would like to come on to the podcast and chat about uh, Black Lives Matter as well as uh, Justice for Jarvis, which is uh, yes. a movement that you started. Right. So uh, yes. for, for the benefit of be our starting. listeners. Yeah. Yeah. Be. Uh, before we let you uh, talk uh, for the next five minutes about justice for Jarvis as well, you have a uh, executive uh, produced a lot of great radio shows and podcasts, yeah, including uh, yes. for Oprah Winfrey, and you yes. have also just launched a, a podcast series that is called Dear Governor, and it's the story of a, a black man, Jarvis Master. So. Jarvis has been incarcerated in San Quentin prison uh, uh, since uh, he was uh, 19 years old for armed robbery. And then uh, he was uh, wrongly accused for years later of participating in a conspiracy, right? Inside San Quentin prison in the death of a prison guard. So he's been on a death row ever since. And uh, you have actually introduced Jarvis, you know, uh, to the rest of the world, to me especially. And I've got a... You know, confession to make. I've actually never followed any true crime podcast until I researched on your podcast show uh, during Black Lives Matter week. And, uh, you know, the, the last time I actually consumed any content related to true crime was actually a Apple Plus show. I think it's called True Be Told, which is a series okay. based around a podcaster, a true crime podcaster. And Aaron Paul, you know, from uh, Breaking Bad was in that show. Mm-hmm. So that's how I actually discovered there's a genre. Of uh, true crime podcasting, until you know, I discovered your show. I listened to it intently uh, since last night, and I really loved the bonus episode, especially when you call in to Jarvis and ask him about his take about uh, Black Lives Matter and what's going on you know, in this weird world that, that we're living in right now. So um, of course, uh, dear Governor is something that's really personally transformative for you, right? Uh, it's the best yes. thing that you've ever done. Am I right to say that?
1: Yeah, it is um, the most I have produced for many your nationally syndicated radio shows and personalities and people who have, have you know, done wonderful things with their lives. But in this particular show, this has transformed me because it has forced me, you know, I grew up maybe 20, 30 miles from where Jarvis did. And Jarvis and I are contemporaries. And uh, he grew up in a home where there was no electricity. His mother was a prostitute, his father was extremely abusive. And I live in a, you know, all white enclave that's very right wing Republican. And uh, never ever would I have thought like back in high school that that there were people that live that close to me that didn't even have electricity. It was just, it was not even fathomable. And so I was introduced to Jarvis, it was back in 2014, when I was producing for Oprah. And uh, a woman by the name of Pema Chodron, who is a Buddhist nun and a best-selling author and and a teacher, she's beautiful. Oprah interviewed her, and Pema gave me two books that Jarvis had written, um, because he is a devout uh, Buddhist as well. And she wanted me to give those to Oprah. I gave them to Oprah. Oprah wanted to interview Jarvis, but unfortunately after we tried, we tried, we tried, we could not get any media on death row at San Quentin. Uh, San Quentin, by the way, is in Northern California and it's the only prison in California that actually, there he is, There's, there's Jarvis. It's the only prison in California that executes its prisoners, uh, male prisoners. And there are 737 uh, men on death row in California right now. And so anyways, long story short, we couldn't get Oprah up there because they did not allow media on death row. I I kept in touch with Jarvis. Um, We've talked on the phone hundreds of hours and I started thinking, what can I do to help him and help his cause? Because just so you know, the um, Jarvis has maintained his innocence from the get-go. There is new credible evidence that points to his innocence. There are legal scholars, legitimate, high-level legal scholars who believe him to be factually innocent. And so we really want to bring his story to the public and we want this story to blow up And the reason we're calling it Dear Governor is because it is literally an open letter to Governor Newsom because we want Governor Newsom to look at Jarvis's case and re-look at it and see what's going on there um, because it is an injustice. It's an injustice. And just Governor Newsom in March of 2019 actually put a moratorium on the death penalty in California. It was still legal in California, but he put a limited moratorium on it based on the fact that he believes, based on scientific fact, that there are innocent people on death row. So the National Institute of Sciences, for instance, um, projects that at least 4% of people on death row are innocent. And so Jarvis, who is the main voice of this podcast, he poses the question, he, he, he says, how many, how many guilty men have to be put to death To justify the execution of one innocent man? And so we on the show asked that question. And, you know, so this is, as far as Black Lives Matter, this is the ultimate, I mean, capital punishment is the ultimate racist machine.
0: This is a great, you know, uh, summary of uh, what uh, your show is all about, and uh, I was uh, enthralled, you know, when I was listening uh, from the first uh, few episodes that you have published so far, uh, especially uh, the uh, bonus episode, um, where I could hear his voice, you know, uh, right uh, from inside the prison, and you're communicating to him uh, via a mobile phone, right? So. I also know that there's a co-op piece uh, that he, he has written for, for Guardian recently where he was talking about why it makes more sense, especially during the pandemic, right? And also right. during uh, Black Lives Matter and all these uh, weird things that are all going around the world right now. It's even more important for for inmates to be given a mobile phone to stay connected with the outside world. What's your hot take on that?
1: I, I, without a doubt, without a doubt, that's true, because the, the number one thing that pres prevents recidivism, you know, prevents prisoners from going back into prison is their connection with their family. And if they don't have that connection, um that they, they are just gonna get angrier and angrier. Um and there are ways, you know, that I, I know that a lot of people criticize the concept of having cell phones in prison uh and, and justifiably you don't want a bad guy in prison to be communicating with somebody on the outside and and doing crime on the outside from the inside. But there are um, monitoring systems that can prevent that from happening. And um, and so it just seems like, you know, Jarvis, because he has been in San Quentin for 40 years, I think a little bit more than 40 years. And he remembers back 20, 30, 40 years ago when it was so violent there. Like there were daily uprisings and um, guns were used all the time to keep the, the the prisoners in line. And Jarvis said, back then, if, if they did, if the uh, corrections officers came in and did a search in their cells, they would find shivs, weapons, drugs. Jarvis says, you know about and he wrote about this in the article you were referencing. Um, there was recently a raid, and they they found like sixty, seventy, eighty cell phones that otherwise would have been knives. So, do you would you rather have them communicating with their parents, with their children, um, and and keeping a level head, or would you rather have them fighting? I think it's I think it's a no brainer, and and you take that in, into the fact that. So the system that Jarvis talks to me on that you will listen to on the podcast is called GTL, and I have to pay money into that, you know, and keep, keep money in there for Jarvis to call, and then Jarvis calls from the prison phone, and we're monitored, which the same thing would happen on the cell phone, and um, every, we get interrupted every five minutes, and then we get cut off every 15 minutes. So to do the podcast, you know, he'd, he'd keep calling back, keep calling back, keep calling back. Um, but it's expensive. It's, ex- it's expensive for me. And, and to think about, you know, people who are, are, are very, uh, do not have much money at all, they can't keep money in there. And so therefore, that their relative is isolated all the much more.
0: Thanks for these uh, insights, you know, especially uh, the background uh, of uh, how you actually produce the show, how you make even this uh, show possible. And of course, there are so many hurdles and challenges that you need to overcome in order to just get more sound bikes from him right and of course uh, with the intent and the goal obviously of uh, you know overturning uh, this uh, conviction so yes can I say that uh, what set your true crime podcast you know uh, apart you know from the other podcast shows of the same genre is that uh, you're fighting for a, for a real cause right here someone that uh, you're, you know you're really really close to right now because he's, uh, someone that was introduced to you by a mutual friend, right? By this, a Buddhist yep. a book author. And, uh, while you're doing the show, do you feel that, uh, you know, it's just imminent, uh, just a matter of time before he finally see freedom, which is what he deserved.
1: Uh, I, I pray that that's true, but the, the criminal justice system in America is broken. It's broken. And, um, Earlier this year, two, three months ago, a 44 year old man named Nathaniel Woods was executed despite the fact, despite the fact that there was evidence of innocence, despite the fact that, uh, that this... So basically his story, so Nathaniel's story was that he was, he was at a drug house cops came, knocked down the door, and he was with a a friend of his who had a gun, who had an AK-47 on his lap. The cops came, knocked down the door. There were four of them. According to Nathaniel, he dropped to his knee to, you know, give in to them. Uh, But his friends started thinking that they were being attacked and thinking that they were going to be killed, started shooting in his mind out of self-defense. Nathaniel never held the gun. The guy who shot the cops said Nathaniel had no no knowledge that this was going to go down, but nevertheless, he was killed. So, innocent people are killed on death row. Innocent people are. And since 1973, there have been I want to say 100 and 100. I have the number here. 168 men and women wow. have been who were on death row, who are on death row have been exonerated. So that means they have been found to be innocent. And uh, that's devastating. That's devastating And these people. And that, that was what our special Black Lives Matter show was about, to show how disproportionately black and brown people are put on death row. If, if you are, this blew my mind. If you're black, you're four times more likely to be put on death row than if you're white.
0: Whoa!
1: I mean, that is just so broken. Um, and and so yeah, I I Jarvis, he's he's one of my best friends. He I talk with him probably more than anybody, and and I adore him, and he he is a peaceful, kind, funny, insightful, funny, funny, funny man, but. You, you just never know there's there's so many injustices, and that's why it, it it's so broken it's it's got to be fixed. And you know, I think there's something that is called so so um, Thurgood Marshall was the first black Supreme Court justice, and he is the only Supreme Court justice who litigated capital cases. And there's something that is called, the, the Marshall hypothesis. And the Marshall hypothesis is the more you know about the arbitrary nature of the death penalty, the less likely you are to support it. So what we're doing with this podcast, we don't ask you to believe Jarvis or not to believe Jarvis. That is not, we can't, you, you can't believe Jarvis after just eight episodes. You, nobody can. But I mean. The more you know about the facts of the justice system, that we are we are laying out the facts in the show through the life and through the eyes of Jarvis, and so we challenge the listener to really engage. If nothing else, they will meet an amazing person in Jarvis, who's an incredible author. He's written two autobiographical books, um, incredibly entertaining, um, and. But at, at the most, they'll question their own beliefs about the, the death penalty. For me, my entire life, I believed in the death penalty. I, I just figured, yeah, it, it killed terrible people in the world that are, that are doing heinous crimes. Let's get them, get rid of them. You know, I figured it probably saved us money, right? Kill them, they're gone. But capital punishment, the the... the it, it is more expensive by hundreds of thousands of dollars to, to, put, to execute somebody than to have them in life w- without the possibility of parole. Um, so it just makes sense to me that people, it's such an important topic that people should examine their own belief and then make the decision for themselves.
0: That's fantastic and of course uh, you know I need to ask you this question after you know listening to the bonus episode right uh, yesterday night um, what exactly did uh, Javis Masters uh, has to say about the dire circumstances of COVID-19 in prisons right now? Because I understand that you called in and you, you spoke to him about this topic, right? For the benefit yes, of those yes. uh, who hasn't listened to the podcast, can you give us uh, some of uh, what he has uh, spoken about regarding uh, the uh, dire circumstances right now of this pandemic yes. inside a prison?
1: Yes. Well, the prisons all across uh, the country, they are, uh, COVID is exponentially worse there because they are they are not, it's you, you can't physically distance in a prison. You know, if you're, if you're on a bunk with several men, it, it, you, you just are not able to physically distance and, and our prisons are so packed. And also they can't have, many of the prisons don't even allow hand sanitizers because there's alcohol in there and that, therefore that is prohibited. And so um, it, it, is, it is a dangerous, dire circumstance. And I asked Jarvis about it And his his answer left me stunned. I said, you know, are are they testing you there? Well, what's going on? And he said there are people left and right in prison that he hears coughing that that um, are hiding their illness from the corrections officers because they're afraid. Because if they are sick, they get sent down to solitary confinement. They're not being tested. They're not using. And so. The prisoners therefore are incentivized not to be honest. And that probably is contributing to why there is an exponential rise of, um, uh, of COVID in, in prisons. It's, it's scary.
0: So I'm sure he has access uh, to some information, right? He reads the newspapers, probably he has some TV time as well. He knows that the pandemic, you know, has basically uh, turned the world upside down. And of course, uh, you know, the murder of George Floyd as well has uh, initiated this uh, Black Lives Matter movement. And of course, uh, you have a chance uh, to speak to him about, uh, you know, uh, this uh, uh, current uh, news and of course the situation right now. Um, Can you tell us what Jarvis actually spoke about uh, regarding the vitality of this Black Lives Matter movement and also about the loss of George Floyd and also in terms of the racist uh, criminal justice system, right? So, yes. what are his uh, take on the current situation in the world right now?
1: It, it's surreal for him to be on the inside because you know, and and they watch, like where where you and I, especially during this COVID time, if we feel just too much influx of negative information, we can we can we can clear our brains, we can get out. But what the prisoners, they sit and... 24-7, they, they've got their, the news feed going. And so they're seeing the mayhem, first of all, with the COVID, and then, and now the marches with, with George Floyd. Um, and he said that he, he feels like he is inside looking out and history is being made now. He said he watched, and this broke my heart. He said he watched, he turned on the news, and he saw George with the cop on his neck and he said he looked at that and he said he knew what that felt like because he is a black man and he has been under police oppression before. And I just felt like how many, you know, I, I can't even relate. I I, I don't even know. How, I, I don't think we can relate without that life experience. But, you know, we just want to me as a white girl, want to support in any way that I can. And, um, you know, that it, helping to be a conduit to tell Jarvis's story um, has been just a blessing for me
0: because it's uh, an important story. And we could uh, see, you know, we could hear from your passion as well, uh, especially your compassion for for Jarvis Masters. Uh, of course, you know, the reason why you're doing this show in the first place and what's driving you to continue to roll up uh, riveting episodes like the ones that I heard, you know, while researching for this podcast. Um, uh, this is definitely the most remarkable thing that you've done in your career. Right? You've done so many great uh, uh, stuff and content over the years, especially doing uh, TV shows for Oprah Winfrey and winning, you know, two Emmy Awards as well while you were you know, uh, doing all this fantastic content And uh, tell us, you know What has been the biggest highlight of your career so far Is this currently the biggest highlight?
1: Biggest highlight? Um, Golly It was I don't know if this is the biggest highlight um, It is the most transformative uh, The most moving The one that I would never trade away Versus any other But I think highlight if i define highlight as far as that which i enjoyed so much and it inspired me so much um i would have to say uh producing a show it was when i i I ran uh oprah radio for something like eight years and so i was the executive producer there and i created co-created a show with oprah called the soul series and basically during the, um, when she was doing her TV show, she would do two TV shows across the street. And, and our radio station was Catty Corner from the television uh, studio. And then she, in the evening, she would come over by herself, sometimes with her dog. And she would come into the studio, and it would just be me, and it would be my uh, board op, and it would be Oprah. And then she would interview guests, phenomenal individuals. And the fact that I got to interface with some of these people that she spoke with that, that are world leaders, um, thinking outside of the box, amazing people from um, religion to spirituality to business, and that I got to help create that. And that was actually, uh, that was the, uh, the the brainchild. That's what um, Super Soul grew up from. So Super Soul Sunday was a TV show that started as a radio show which was called Soul Series. So I'd say that was the highlight because that changed me in so many ways talking to these people. You know, you know, Wayne what you do. Like the, the fact that this podcast is is about inspiring and and, and the fact that it can be cuz I there are a lot of inspiring or that claim to be inspiring That aren't necessarily entertaining And to be able to bring those two elements together it is, um, is a beautiful thing And I felt like that's what we did with uh, the with here.
0: And we definitely have to congratulate you, you know, On a success of a social justice podcast Dear Governor, I think it's uh, currently up to 109th position On the Apple Podcast Woo! iTunes chart <laughs> So, well done. And, of course, in terms of uh, what are your takes uh, in terms of moving, you know, humanity forward with your podcast, in terms of uh, moving humanity forward with Justice for Jarvis and Black Lives Matter? Can you comment on that?
1: Just pushing this. This is my little um part in, in that movement. It, it's more than a movement. It is, it is a revolution. And I am sticking with Jarvis. This is season one, but we're going we're, we're to take it. My goal, this is my goal, this is my, my prayer, is that I'm going to be hosting a giant freedom party for Jarvis when he gets out. A giant, giant freedom party.
0: That would be an awesome day, for sure.
1: It would be. <laughs> I've told Jarvis that, and he's like, yeah, I want that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> because when I listen to the podcast I, it was so riveting and uh, and also really thrilling for me to hear his voice you know when yeah. he's inside and I'm all the way here in Singapore I'm able to actually connect with him by just listening yeah. to his stories and listening to the compelling way where you are you know getting sound bites from him and the this, your interviewing style is also really uh, uh, inspirational for me, inspiring for me, and is a lot of great uh, things that I can learn from the way you interview him. And of course, uh, it's uh, great on so many levels. And uh, I think the timing as well—it's culturally, it's uh, very relevant. Of course, uh, well, it's you know, for, yeah. um,
1: Wayne, if you, um, freejarvis.org, freejarvis.org is his website. So there, that if if any of your viewers or listeners are interested in learning more about Jarvis go there. It's It's got his whole case. It's got his stories. It's got links to his books because his, his writing is, is really lovely.
0: Below, yeah? Great. That's the URL. Yeah, yeah. So we are going to make sure fancy. everybody, you know, go to the website. And of course, there are many ways where they can chip in and help, right? Not just being well, a mere he, listener. Yeah.
1: Our, our call to action, if you go to freejarvis.org slash podcast, there is a petition there where you can fill in your name and email address. And that is a petition that we want to get to Governor Newsom. And basically, if you read it, it's just Governor asking Governor Newsom to, to take a double look at, at Jarvis's case and the unusual circumstances about the case.
0: Thank you so much for, you know, uh, highlighting this great podcast series to our listeners who otherwise know there's no way to find out about it uh, at all. I think this is this Black Lives Matter movement has already created a lot of positives. Of course, it's not just a peaceful protest and of course, uh, over communicating, you know, the need uh, to have justice for George Floyd, for the likes of Jarvis as well. We're going to ask you this, uh, we are almost hitting the 30th minute mark, so I'm going to spit things out a little bit. Has there been any series based around podcasting that recently caught your attention? I'm going to share, you know, two podcasts related uh, TV series that really caught my attention. One is the uh, Midnight Gospel on Netflix. It was uh, oh okay yeah. It's about a podcaster. Uh, it's an animated series. It's a really trippy show where you know uh, animated uh, podcaster actually travels around the multiverse in in yeah. a sort of like a simulator machine. So it's a little bit of a fantasy as well. And he travels to the multiverse in different planets and gets to uh, basically grab anyone that he see on a mysterious planet to. Uh, to join him on a podcast and get interviewed. And that's why he oh, actually gets to find out a lot of the big, the answers to the big questions in life. Like, you know, yeah. uh, how do you deal with death? What's the meaning of meditation? And of course, uh, all these things that are really relevant, uh, you know, in this, uh, crazy world that we're living right, right now. Yeah. And that's the midnight gospel on Netflix. The other one that caught my attention was definitely to be told. That's a, uh, the Netflix uh, the show, the Apple Plus uh, a show that basically uh, uh, introduced me to this wonderful world of true crime genre in terms mm-hmm. of podcasts. And that's how I actually found you after that. So okay. are there any series based around podcasting recently that caught your attention as well?
1: Yes, I saw, or I just finished, I binged something about Pam. And it is a true crime um, about, it is just outrageous. And it's anywhere you get your podcast. it is Amazing and um, phenomenally done, and the and quality is cool. And it's if you've got a long drive ahead of you, binge on something about Pam. Uh, my favorite podcast, I, I'm a really big fan, as are millions of people, of The Daily, The New York Times Daily. So basically, if you have not listened to that, they deep dive into uh, a big story every day and it, it, with the journalists who have covered those stories. And it just helps you just keep your mind sharp about all of the important things that are going on now and and following all of the important stories. Uh, for comfort and for entertainment, it, my favorite podcast in the whole wide world is called Satellite Sisters. And that actually, I, I used to produce it back, they started it 20 years ago, and they're five sisters, and they broadcast from different locations. So one of the sisters broadcast from Moscow, Russia, one from uh, Oregon, one from New York, and two from LA. And so they would all come together on the radio and, and talk with one another about things that are relevant to women in their lives. And it has since evolved into a podcast, and it is one of the most quality podcasts out there, and that's with the Wondery Network. So I, I'm a huge fan of podcasts. I love, I, I'm a very, uh, I spend a lot of time in solitude and, and I like uh, I like having a little distraction from the voices in my head.
0: This is fantastic. I think the recommendations are brilliant. I'm going to check out all these three podcast shows that you just recommended to me and our audience. So okay. of course, uh, this week was, uh, you know, in solidarity with the show must be paused, right? So yep. both of us actually didn't publish any new episodes of our shows this week on Tuesday, especially. So, what? Did, how did you spend your Tuesday? Was was it spend uh, educating yourself on the Black Lives Matter movement, or tell us, you know, walk us through what happened during that Tuesday for you?
1: That Tuesday, I. That's when I spoke with Jarvis. So, so that's when we were able to produce the the show that we. Our normal uh, drop is Thursday. So we had episode five was going to drop on Thursday, but we thought, let's, let's not, let's agitate and let's, let's, let's push away what, what normally would, would land on that. And let's, let's talk about something that is relevant to what's going on in the world right now. And I thought nobody better to weigh in on that than Jarvis.
0: So we're going to segue into the next question on Black Lives Matter, right? Especially hashtag Black Lives Matter. How... Mm-hmm how can we actually help to amplify and learn from Blacks' voices? In your opinion, how, how can all of you know, the podcasters or content creators or even just uh, normal civilians from living in, in the rest of the world, in other parts of the world, how can we help to amplify and learn you from know, Black voices? I think,
1: I think, number one, listen and not talk. I think we, speaking as a white person of, of privilege... I tend to talk more and don't listen enough. And I wanna give you a recommendation. I'm looking here on LinkedIn because I have a great and excellent recommendation for us all. Stand by. Okay. On, let's see here. June 9th and 10th, 9 9 Eastern, Oprah is going to be speaking. There's gonna be two days where she is gonna be engaging with many major high level thinkers in the black community to what's next, how, how can we change? And so this is going to be broadcast on her own network, but it's going to be across all Discovery, it's going to be simulcast across all Discovery network channels, and so it's going to be international. And so I think, you know, that is a good starting point. Listen to people in the know with great ideas about how we can help. Um, And I'm definitely going to be tuning in and eating my popcorn and watching and listening.
0: That's a great show or great event, uh, you know, to look out for. And thanks for, you know, uh, highlighting that show so that we can all tune in as well. Right. So we have about 10 minutes left. So normally I'll do a speed round, a rapid fire round. Are you ready? Uh, I'm ready. Bring it. Bring (laughs) it So Try not to overthink your answers. Okay. Tell us a podcast that you cannot live without. The daily, your favorite podcaster,
1: satellite sisters,
0: your most admired producer,
1: Donna Fazzari. She is my partner in crime and she helped me put this together.
0: Who would you recommend following name us three? You can be either a podcaster or a producer.
1: Okay. Maggie Haberman, who is a journalist on, uh, for the New York times. Uh, hmm. I'm going to say Gail King, who is the CBS morning anchor, just because she has so much spirit and is so fun, is so humble, and is so engaged. And I guess the third person. I'm going to say Liz Dolan. So Liz Dolan is one of the Satellite Sisters, and her. Uh, her Twitter is at SSLiz. And just because she is so incredibly thoughtful as well and, 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 and engaged. Um, so those, those would be the three that I would follow.
0: If you could have dinner with three people dead or alive, who would it be and why?
1: Ooh, that is good. Um, I'm going to say who who, and why. Okay, I would say number one, it would be my grandmother. So Wayne, as, as I told you, uh, and, and she is not alive and I never met her because she died, I think my mom was about 14, uh, and, but I was named after her. So my full name is Cornelia, but I go by Corny and I was named after her and I would love to sit down and have dinner with her and, and pick her brain and get to know her because from what I understand, she was an amazing lady. I would say that. I would also love to sit down with Stephen Colbert Because I just think he's phenomenal, and he has kept me sane through since since 2016, with with his amazing humor and and wit, and I would I would love that. And then I guess let me who would be my third person? I want to. I was going to say like Gandhi, but that's that's. I should say somebody like Gandhi. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. I would say, hmm. you know what? I'm going to say Ava DuVernay. Ava DuVernay is a director and she is so, her, her, the, the movies that she has done, the TV that she has done is so purpose-filled that I would like to squeeze a little, little wisdom out of, out of her over a, over a glass of Pinot Noir.
0: Brilliant choices, especially Stephen Colbert. I'm also a big fan. I think he's the best thing since David Letterman, yeah?
1: I do, too. I do, too. He's, he's unbelievable. Um, but but all, all the late-night guys are – Jimmy Kimmel is just really kicking it. Seth – that Seth Meyer is kicking it. They, they have uh, stepped up their game, and, and that's amazing considering they're doing it from home. It's a whole different experience now watching them without a live – Audience, you know, because generally when you have a live audience, it's almost like canned laughter, and that elicits more laughter in you. Um, but it almost it, not having an audience, it, it, it strikes to the seriousness of the situation, and I think it's working beautifully.
0: Brilliant. Can you remember the first podcast that had an impact on you when you first started?
1: First podcast. Okay. Li- 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 um. Mm-hmm, caliphate. 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 Caliphate with uh, that was from the New York Times and just an astonishing story. You you can still you can still listen to it now, um, but I would say that was probably the most the most impactful.
0: L.A. or New York?
1: <laughs> L.A. baby.
0: <laughs> is, that's where you're based in in, right?
1: <laughs> you know, I've lived in New York,
0: yeah, and I love New
1: York and I love New Yorkers. I do. Uh, I've lived in Chicago. Chicago in the United States is the second city, second to New York, but Los Angeles is my home. I love it here.
0: Brilliant. Cardio or weights?
1: Cardio all the way. I did, I did my Peloton today for 45 minutes and I was a sweaty mess.
0: <laughs> cola or lemonade?
1: Oh, Cola. I'm all about the bubbly. I'm all about the bubbly. <laughs>
0: Fantastic. What else do we have going on that you want our listeners to make sure they will be on the lookout for?
1: Uh, well, I, I would love you guys to, to listen to our podcast. I mean, that, that is my, my goal with this. Um, but also, uh, you know, follow Jarvis, follow his story, become a part of the solution for him. I mean, it's, it's one person at a time that we can help um, and, and just, just up, uplift him, uplift him.
0: This is fantastic. So uh, we're going to end uh, this uh, episode right here. Thank you so much for sharing, you know, what you're doing, uh, your intent and your purpose as well. And a fantastic story with us. Yeah. And we definitely enjoy talking to you uh, today. So we're going to finish uh, this episode right here. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate you.
1: Thank you, Wayne. I, I really appreciate you. You're, you're wonderful.